Welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. We are honored today to have once again El Señor Arturo Dominguez, who is the author of, I think it's Latin Rebels. What's the name of the, the your rag? Oh, uh, I'm Antagonist Mag, the Antagonist Magazine at antagonistmag.com. Okay, the, the antagonistmagazine.com, but there's a whole lot more that you do because you're also with, and I'm going to have that in the um, in the lead up to, to this thing, all the places that you're actually blogging and writing at. You're one of our preeminent writers out here. But anyhow, the, the, one of the reasons we're talking, um, Arturo, is that it, at one of our writers' organizations, Woke, we were discussing an issue with John Liguosano, who had something to say. Why don't you tell us that story and we'll move on from there? Well, I'll try to sum it up without butchering it. Essentially, you know, he had he made a comment during an interview where he had said that, um, you know, he avoided the sun to um, maintain a more white appearance so that he's, I guess, more appealing to, you know, directors and casters and stuff like that. Um, and there was a couple, there's a lot of things to take away from that, I think, because you know, I understand where he's coming from. Uh, Let me a... stop you there because uh, you, you are, you as being a Latino who can pass, I was right. actually surprised as well, your reaction, right? Because whereas the, this group that we were uh, discussing, this group of writers, I was a predominantly African-American type group. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And whereas most of the people in that group looked at it like, oh, great thing that he did. They, they actually were very forgiven. You actually mm -hmm. got pretty darn upset. Explain. Well, my being upset, I, I was a little disappointed because um, to me, I, I, it runs a little contradictory to everything he stood for. So in, in a sense for he's had, he's had clout for a while. Okay. Um, and, and I think that maybe he should have called it out sooner, but he also participated in uh, perpetuating that, that, that uh, whiteness type of thing, you know, light, light skin is better. You know, you hear it in the black community too about colorism in Hollywood, stuff like that. You know, it's a big problem across the board. And in a sense, like I'm a huge John Leguizamo fan. I like I, a personal favorites of mine are all his one-man shows they're like really good really well thought out and and he's a great talent but um and, and one of the reasons i'm trying to get in touch with him is because i want to try to see how how i can navigate this area you know being a huge fan of his and a supporter of all his advocacy and like he understands racism he understands colorism he knows it better than most people do and i, I to me i felt like that comment and then, you know, a tweet that he put it out in 2020 after a bunch of black actors won some uh, awards and stuff. You know, he's talking about, you know, why can't Latinx get a piece of the pie? The timing of that. A lot of people accused him of anti-blackness. Oh, wait a minute. Know, I, I hadn't known about that one. What was that one about? Well, um, it's it. I put it in an article because I, I wanted to point to um, how he's been accused of anti-blackness before. And it's not that he's anti-black, but I feel like he has a, a pretty glaring blind spot um, where, you know, black people are in the process of celebrating all these black celebrities receiving awards, um, uh, uh, you know, Emmys and stuff. And in that process, he, you know, drops a tweet, you know, saying, you know, when can Latinx get a piece of the pie? And Oh, I see what you're saying. In other words, what, he wasn't what, being anti-black. He was saying, hey, look at what's happening with 
this other minority group, why can't it happen to ours as well? Right. His perspective was that, but he, he used a, a clip or he used a, a screenshot of a, the Washington Post article that said something about, you know, black artists, you know, winning all these awards. So a lot of people took that timing as, you know, basically trying to steal black people's joy in mm-hmm. a sense. And that, and, and if you're doing that, that's anti-black, but I, I don't, I don't believe that's what his intent was. And I think over time, a couple of days pass, people realize that that's not what his intent was. Um, however, it points to the, to the blind spot situation that I was talking about. And this is one of the reasons why I'd like, I'd love to have the conversation with him because there's very few people out there that could go as in depth as he can. And, and you know how I like to do things. I'm very analytical. I get deep in things and, and I like to talk about the stuff nobody wants to talk about because, you know, that's the only way you're going to achieve change. Well, let me tell you how deep this man is. Uh, This man is in leadership position in a mostly I was going to say black, but it's a mostly African-American women-led organization. Right, right. That's the kind of clout this man has. With the, <laughs> the women out there, they, 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 they love you, man. If you hear Allison and all those folks talk about you, they just, they just think you're the best thing since apple pie. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, and I, and I appreciate that. You know, I, I don't, you know, I don't, uh, you know, a lot of people would use that. Like, hey, look, you know, I'm accepted here. I'm accepted there. But, you know, it's not it's not about any of that. Like I came into the Writers and Editors of Color Collective. I was one of the first five or ten people. You know, Allison invited me after she read my uh, White Latinos Don't Exist Wannabes Do article. No, that and, article uh, was a bad article, man. That, oh, that man. one just that was a bad article. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, while my thoughts may have changed a little bit on that, they're still pretty much the same. You know, there's not very you know, I'm just more careful about how I address things. But. Aside from that, you know, I, I joined that the collective early on and he, they were a huge supporter of my work on Medium and outside of Medium. And, you know, I started supporting their work and I made a commitment um, at the beginning of 2020 to elevate more black writers. Um, and it just so happened that that summer was a racial reckoning, you know, all that stuff, the Black Lives Matter protests. And uh, I found myself in a position where I'm promoting a lot of black writers and I'm communicating with black writers and becoming part of conversations with black writers while not injecting myself, you know, and I think that more, if more people did that, uh, you know, like what was the the phrase, you know, if you stop, just shut up so you can listen. If you're talking, mm-hmm. you're not listening. Right. Right. Um, I think if more people took that approach, um, we could get a lot further. And, you know, for us, for like Latinos and stuff, I think that, the true freedom for us can't happen until, you know, we achieve black liberation for black people in this country, you know, and that, you know, you're talking about, uh, you know, economic justice, racial, I mean, maybe, you know, even reparations, um, you know, you talk about racial justice, police reform, things like that. Um, because everything they ever use against black people inevitably gets used against us, right? Against Latinos. We saw them do it to indigenous people. We saw them do it to the Chinese with the Chinese exclusion act. You know, things like every every white supremacist tool that was used against black people inevitably gets turned and used against someone else. So if we don't address the anti-blackness behind how capitalist society in the United States is built, then we can't get forward either. You know, that that's our that's the biggest hurdle, and the biggest roadblock. If you can break down the anti-blackness in this country, then it opens the door for everybody. You know, the Civil Rights Act, the Civil Rights Act proved that, you know, when when black people stood up and 
and got the Civil Rights Act. You know, they had to support the Jewish community, a lot of like the farm workers and things like that. But once, you know, Black people achieved the Civil Rights Act, who, who got freedoms from that? The LGBTQ community, Latinos did, you know, marriage equality, all that stuff. So, you know, with, with whatever the Black community has done, it's benefited everybody else. Absolutely. So, I mean, it's one of the communities that have struggled the most. Now, Arturo, um, we're coming close to the end of our conversation here. Why don't you tell me a little bit about the last few? I mean, I, I must admit, I hadn't read the last few articles. I get the emails in, but my, my bag have been so full, but the titles have been sure been intriguing. Tell us uh, a synopsis of your last few uh, articles, well, and I'm going to post them along with our blog. Well, I did one uh, on Medium that I think is relatively important. Um, it's, you know, the deep state is usurping democracy. Uh, I talk about how, you know, right wing, far right people in government, at DHS, politicians in Congress, you know, what, what, what the right likes to say is the deep state, that's their deep state. And they're, you know, actively trying to overthrow our democracy. Um, the other thing, another issue that, I, that I've been trying to tackle is uh, the misinformation in, in, on Cuban social media. Um, it's, ter- <clears throat> it's terrible. It's um, terrible. You know, you got these right wing Cubans in Florida that that uh, spread lies, you know, like not just blatant, blatant lies. <clears throat> and um, they promote all kinds of crazy stuff. And, and there's this thing where, like, when you're looking at right wing anti-communist Cubans, they have a more fa- fascist type of ideology where, you know, they want to go to Cuba. They want to overthrow communism, but they want to go to Cuba and say, you have to do this like this, you know, they're not looking for, you know, Cuba to be, to have the power to self-determine, you know, and at this point, the way I see it is, is if the majority of Cubans support the current government, which I believe is still a true fact, um, then who are we to tell them otherwise, right? If we're a democratic society, then if, we should allow the majority of Cubans to dictate their own government. And how I want to I, I, I stop you there for one reason, because I've said things like that before, but I'm not Cuban. I'm a born Panamanian. Right. You right. are Cuban. You are, you, right. you are from Cuban descent. So you have the right to make that sort of a statement. So I want to ask you something in that light, because one of the other things that I've said is that, uh, you know, we have in, in, in Panama, a lot of, a lot of our Panamanian um, uh, people of color have actually come from Cuba, Jamaica, and all these other places. Right, but the right. one thing in Cuba is when when uh, Batista was in power, uh, people who looked like me spoke right. Spanish, were sweeping floors and dancing, and singing. That's it. Right. If you're if you're lucky to dance and sing, you're you're a better off somebody who looks like me. But right. otherwise, you're sweeping floor and cleaning up other people's crap. Right. When I saw- Go ahead. When the Castro regime come in, you can say whatever you want about the Castro regime or whatever. Right. People who looked like me became engineers, lawyers, and doctors. Why don't you expand right. on that for me? Well, you know, prior to Castro, what you know, a lot of people tend to overlook is that uh, in Cuba, you know, it was just like in the United States. You couldn't go to certain parks. You couldn't go to certain pools. You weren't allowed in, you know, there were whites only places all over Cuba you know, in the resort areas, uh, um, you know, Havana and stuff like that. If you were, you know, black, like you said, you were picking up other people's crap. Like, you know, you were sweeping floors and scrubbing toilets and that that's all, that's the only work you could get. And 
for all of Castro's faults, the one thing he got right was civil rights. And yeah, everybody's equally miserable, but that's not totally Castro's fault. And that's not totally, you know, Diaz-Canel's fault. That's the United States fault. You know, we have Donald Trump put, you know, 246 sanctions on Cuba in, in just four years. And there was already, you know, two, three, 400 sanctions before that. So, you know, you, you pay penalties for doing business to, with Cuba. Airbnb just found that out recently. They just got hit with a heavy fine for operating Airbnbs out of Cuba and working with the government to do it because there's no other way to do it in Cuba. So, you know, I think if, you know, you lift the embargo, all the economic sanctions, you let them operate a free market economy like what Cubans are trying to implement right now and let them do that, uh, Cuba will be successful and nobody will be able to say anything about it. You may hate the government, you may be, hate all these things, but, you know, you look at Vietnam, Vietnam's a communist government. They, they instilled, installed a free market sort of capitalist type of society, private ownership of land, businesses, things like that, and they're doing fine and they're still communist. So that's what Cuba wants to do, essentially. what what do you say to cubans when they're happy you know even though it's a communist government right it it is amazing and that is that that is our our blind spot mostly caused by ignorance and not understanding how the world operates and uh, and 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 having folks write what you write and explain things the way you explain i think it's essential so um i thank you for that give me a little closer uh, so that we can get out of here uh as far as the closer um and if you want to just you know support uh the antagonist magazine uh the antagonistmag.com and you know i'm on medium as well um if you just look up at extreme arturo anywhere on social media i'm pretty much there so uh yeah aside from that um i'm hoping to maybe have a conversation with john Leguizamo. maybe he sees this maybe he re- reads the article that's scheduled to be published at some point today or tomorrow at latino rebels um you know i've tried communicating with him he liked one of my uh uh posts on instagram that i that that i tagged him in so maybe that's a step closer to having that's a step closer well look arturo dominguez publisher of antagonist magazine leader in woke among many other areas where he writes i'll have that all in the correspondent blog arturo it's first of all i want to thank you for having turned me on to woke it's one of the happiest oh, places that I've been in a very long time. I just did an interview a few days ago, and I, 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 I told them that absent Arturo telling me about you guys, I would have never known about you guys. So I, I really do appreciate that. Please keep Amen. doing the work that you do, because the importance and the depth of writing that you do is unparalleled. So you please keep doing it. There are not a lot of people doing that. And as far as uh, the, that article... I'm waiting, my brother. Thank you so kindly for having been on Politics Done Right. Thank you, Alberto. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.